I keep picking up. I'll like drop a podcast and like I find myself just picking some up and I'm like, oh, geez, yeah. I got to stop. I have such a problem with like yep. <laughs> collecting these and putting them down. And yeah, I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to listen to it. And then like it, yeah. six months later, you still haven't listened to it. <sighs> and you get like the anxiety that they're all, they're, they're auto downloaded to your phone. You're like, okay, okay. The pile's getting bigger, but I'm going to, I'm going to push through. Right, right. And then you find yourself like, taking twice as long to poop and you know <laughs> and do normal tasks yeah, do normal tasks. Just sitting around yeah, yeah. gotta finish yep. this podcast you know yep <sighs> yeah man so let's begin our podcast <laughs> yeah that's not a problem anyone has with our podcast <laughs> Dustin. Hello. Uh, welcome to the Hoopercast. Thank the, you. The the podcast that's not too long, not boring, and not a burden ever. That's a tall promise, but okay. <laughs> ever. <laughs> can you can you back that up with data? If if it's boring, uh you you can no, I don't I can't. <laughs> I can't. I was gonna make another lofty promise. I couldn't even think of one. You no, you can't. My, stop, my, just my, stop making promises. My brain is fried. I was playing a board game earlier with my mm. son that he invented, and so oh, and he wouldn't wow. tell me the rules. So I just sort of okay. sat there. and was like, okay, can I go like five? And he was like, you go six. I was like, okay. Okay. There's like 120 <laughs> spaces. I was like, buddy, I got. I gotta what go. What are the rules? <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me on Parks and Recreation. Um, at one point, uh, Adam Scott's character creates a board game called the Cones of Dunshire. Okay. And uh, and every time uh, in an episode, it, it like features in an episode, the rules get more convoluted and nonsensical. <laughs> and uh, and it's supposed to be that he's like this great player of it because he invented it. Sure. And then eventually, like the board game catches on and becomes really popular. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just like the more we hear about it, the more crazy crazy it is and uh it's funny all right so we're talking uh we're gonna talk about ant-man tonight yeah um what's essentially a heist movie or began mm-hmm. as one or the franchise was the main character is sure. a thief um yep. i rewatched the italian job oh, over okay. the weekend it's too man it's all it holds up yeah good yeah good. i haven't watched it in a long time but i remember loving it yeah i watched it on paramount plus and i remember like halfway through the movie i was like i, I remembered i was like i saw this in theaters Oh, sweet. I don't I, think I saw it in theaters. I remember like, I remember beats in the theater yeah. and I just, sweet. I, I, I saw this in a the theater and it, it just, it took me back. Um, so nice. if anyone has Paramount plus out there and it's like, Oh yeah, the Italian job, check it out. It's still good. Sweet. It's still fun. And, yeah. um, great time. Cool. So yeah. Love it. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Let's- do it. Quantumania. It's the secret universe beneath ours. What are you so afraid of? 
There's something I never told you. This place. It isn't what you think. So we both saw this, or I saw this opening weekend. You didn't see it. You saw it the following uh, weekend, didn't you? Did I see it opening weekend? I think I did. <laughs> I think I saw it that Sunday night. This uncertainty around when we saw it is going to play into the review a little bit. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, let's see. What it's, it's, we're recording this at the end of February, so yeah, two about two weeks two weeks ago the movie was released. Um, so I saw it opening night at the Nexus. And um, I got my my chicken wraps and my my whiskey and my French fries. Nice. Um, I even I even splurged a bottle of water. <laughs> hey, look at you! <laughs> so um, yeah. So this is the third movie in this franchise in this trilogy, I guess. Yep. Yep. Still directed by Peyton Reed. Yep. We've still got Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Michael Douglas, and then we've also got the addition here of Jonathan Majors as. Uh, the villain Kang. The movie is written by Jeff Loveness, which makes me think of Arliss Loveless. <laughs> okay. And uh, so, yeah, and it's a, it's a big Marvel movie. So in the movie, um, since we're sticking with non-spoiler stuff, so Ant-Man and the gang, Ant-Man and company, uh, get shrunk down to the quantum realm against their will. And in it, they learn of... Uh, a threat to the quantum realm and to the regular realm from essentially just what they call him or he or mm-hmm. referred to without a name, but they're talking about Kang. Um, yeah. And uh, who's like the new big bad of the, or thereabouts, big bad of the Marvel universe. And mm-hmm. um, they try to stop him from doing what he is trying to do. Yeah. We'll get into well, spoilers in a minute, but, but well, he's trying. He's trying to. He's he's tr- he's trying to emerge from the quantum realm. Let's say that. Yes, there you we go. We don't have to get into why or how he can't or right. won't, but right. Yep. Yes. Okay. Um. So yeah, it's been a couple weeks since the movie's been out. So, but we'll still respect spoilers for the front of the review here. Um. Yeah. So. I'm so afraid, Dustin. I enjoyed the movie. Um, <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> and, cool. And 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 I I now I say that as a very aware minority because everywhere I look with this movie, yeah, uh, most people did not like it. Uh, yeah. Well, most critics did not like it. It's got like an 83 audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, so the general okay. audience at least was unbothered by it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't, we don't know what a thumbs up really means anymore. It just means the absence of negativity. Exactly. And we know the general audience is not like that discerning as long as they don't hate something that counts as a positive. Uh, uh, Right. Exactly. Like, yeah, it's good. Yeah. But uh, critically it has like a 48, I think as of today. Okay. So it's still rotten critically. Sure. And um, it's, I think it's the among the worst rated mm. MCU films mm. uh, critically 
of the, well, I mean, what is this? The 30, 31st film in the, in the MCU. So, okay. You know, um, yeah. so there is that, yeah. um, I thought that the movie, again, remembering the context in which we tend to measure Marvel movies, mm-hmm. there's, 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 there's double, there's judges, a standalone film. Mm-hmm. The, the, the bar they seem to measure themselves by is how well does this play into the overall puzzle piece, but the yeah. really great Marvel movies stand out on their own as well as part of a puzzle piece. Winter Soldier is a fantastic movie just yeah. by itself, but it happens to fit into the universe extremely well. Yeah. Uh, it does both. So yep. this one is a puzzle piece. It is, you know, mm-hmm. um, setting up a villain it is yep. introducing a character who's going to come back, who we're going to mm-hmm. see again. Yep. Um, it's introducing a story world that is going to continue to be, maybe, I don't know, uh, could be, maybe this is the last time we're in there. I don't know. Sure, um, sure. Seemingly fleshing out a story world that's going mm-hmm. to return. Mm-hmm. But that's about it in terms of what it's doing, for, what it's doing for the, the greater good. For as the it franchise. Were. Sure. Right. Um but as a standalone, as a theater experience, and as a standalone film, I at least thought that it was uh, entertaining, funny. Um, I, I at least felt, at least in the beginning, maybe it's arguable in the middle, but like at least felt the beginning that like, okay, cool, we're not dragging. We're going to get straight into the plot. We're going to go, you know, we're going to spend like 10 minutes outside the quantum realm and then we're going to go in straight there for in. basically the rest of the film. Sure. So I appreciated us not lingering and waiting till. 40 pages in to go to the quantum realm. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh, so I enjoyed it. If anyone is listening, who has not still seen it and you're like, Oh, I like Marvel movies. Well then mm-hmm. again, I don't think you're waiting for, for my endorsement. Um, sure. It's a good time at the theater. There's a lot of spectacle yeah. and, um, that's obviously best viewed on a large screen as we, as we like to say, you know, yeah, there yeah. are asterisks, asterisks next to everything I've just said. But okay. I will I will keep them for a few minutes from now, probably. So okay. I want to give you a chance to talk as well. Okay. Um, <laughs> um so I I I did not only find this to be the worst Marvel movie of all time. <laughs> I also found it to be one of the worst movies I've ever seen in theaters. Oh. I've also found it to be the only film I've ever considered actually leaving the theater. Oh, and one of the movies that I hate more than any movie I've ever seen in my entire life. I hate this movie. Um, (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) Words cannot describe the passion with which I loathe every second of this movie. Not one thing do I enjoy about this movie. Not one thing did it do right. Um, It is a torturous assault on the eyes and ears and it is by far, by far, the most egregious example of Marvel being so up its own butt that it does not understand what makes a good film, what made any of its films profitable or remarkable or enjoyable. But it also has absolutely no no bearing on as far as i'm concerned it has no bearing on uh 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 any sort of real life experience any sort of real life situation it has no uh attachment to reality 
and is also uh, just completely uh, oblivious to any screenwriting fundamental that has ever been established by anyone. Um, this is this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> that 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 is that is my review of this film. Um, I understand that there are people who enjoy it, and I know some of them. Um, I I I and I hold nothing against anybody who would be able to find enjoyment out of this. But for me, I audibly sighed three times in the theaters (laughs) uncontrollably, and I could not help the overwhelming feeling of I have got to get my money back on this movie. Oh, man. This is the this is torturous. (laughs) Um, And and by the time the movie hits its halfway mark, Uh I am checking my watch every three seconds because i cannot stand to spend one more second in the quantum realm and that is my review i'm really sorry to all those involved i know that like paul rudd is is great and Mm -hmm. you know the the these people are trying their best Mm -hmm. but there is something here that is preventing this film from ever even getting off the ground it is it, it is so haphazardly constructed um and and again through no fault i believe of anybody this film was i don't know if it was like flew so far under the radar for feige and team that like they were just like yeah whatever i don't care and so they were given no instruction and no counsel um I like I don't I just I genuinely don't know how a franchise 30 movies in could fumble so badly. At this point, you should have a formula for better or worse, mm-hmm. stick to it and find, you know, something that you've you've presumably found something that works. So do something like that. Like mm-hmm. just do something like it. But this movie not only fails to understand what made any of the movies good. It is unable to replicate any of the positive qualities that either the MCU as a whole has ever had or the Ant-Man franchise, the Ant-Man trilogy has ever had. And that's super sad to me because while I don't love the other two movies in the franchise, mm-hmm. by all means, I do not hate them. Yeah. Um, and so it, it is it is astounding to me uh the level of failure that this film is i hid behind my microphone for much of that (laughs) (laughs) you did you you visibly hit the only place i can hide (laughs) (laughs) look i i again i i don't i don't fault you for for finding enjoyment out of this because because like i said like your mileage will vary you know on every review this is what I, i say all the time like your mileage will vary and this is true right like some people will find enough enjoyment in paul rudd's performance to like carry them through some of the more mediocre parts of the film. Some people will find the humor really funny. And so that'll carry them through some of the more mediocre parts of the film. Some of them will, some, some people may like not like genuinely not, uh, be bothered by, um, you know, specific story beats or, uh, story decisions. But as for me, not like nothing worked for me. None of this is my taste. None of this is my, uh, my cup of tea so mm. um so yeah uh, again i mean film is subjective right sure. so so your your mileage will vary yeah ant-man it's weird because like i so i like i don't like ant-man and the wasp like the mm. second film i would say i probably just didn't like that one very much at all sure um 
That's my favorite of the trilogy. Really? <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't know what it is. The, the first one is obviously like very solid. And um, again, any any first outing for a character is usually really good structurally. It's very, mm-hmm. very hero's, hero's journey. So it's just very easy to latch onto and and follow and all that stuff. Um, sure. And I think that at this stage in Marvel's movies, I think what I appreciate about this one um, is that cause, cause my thing was like, okay, the problem, and I didn't know much about this until I saw the, the trailer, the first trailer, what they were doing and what this woman was supposed to be, because my big fear was like, all right, I don't know how many more low stakes, like heists or like petty villain quabbles I can take in a Marvel movie that mm. isn't setting up a new character. It's different when it's like, you know, a brand new character or like a moon Knight or something, even though that's even higher stakes than the first Ant-Man, but like, yeah, yeah. You know, just dare to, I don't know, just somebody like, yeah. To see a character who's fought aliens and, you know, participated in like a time, a time, uh, thing. It's weird to be like, all right, we got to stop the crime. We ever fight the Kingpin or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, like, yeah. all right, that's the only part of comics. that's so strange to me. It's like, I can't, you need to always be doing important shit. <laughs> you can't be yeah, like, yeah. you know, stealing diamonds or stealing back even a powerful MacGuffin, which is part of what he does here. Although it is yeah. within this otherworldly realm against an otherworldly kind of villain. So mm-hmm. I think that's at least what I liked in terms of where the Ant-Man franchise has gone is we've we've continued to raise the stakes there is just an inherent mismatch i will say between paul rudd and jonathan majors Hmm. like the character of kang and everything that he's supposed to kind of represent and everything that all all the the gravitas that character is supposed to carry with him yet he does not succeed Uh, it's not that big of a spoiler for to suggest to those people that hero triumphs in a way yeah. we'll say yeah. over yeah. over the villain there is a bit of you that's like him though like ant-man yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah, against yeah. kang the this right. is the same kang you know yeah so there's some of that there are some popcorny elements to this where it's like i guess we'll just have to excuse this thing that happened because it's a movie right um, sure sure usually i can understand why something turn so many people off. I just wasn't, I just didn't feel that way this time. It's weird. Mm. It doesn't happen to me that too, too much. Normally I can go, Oh, sure. But yeah, different yeah. strokes this time. I'm like, oh, I'm not really understanding it, I guess, but like it doesn't end up on like my bottom list, but it's, it's certainly not in the, the ones that I would call like Marvel's best. Like best, this is sure. not, this is not a top tier film. This isn't like, Oh my God, the first black Panther, And that, that is not this. If, if you have superhero fatigue, this may not help. <laughs> yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to see these pretty much no matter what. Yeah. It's a toss up. Do you have 20 bucks? Okay. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the film's yeah, coming I, to th- Disney plus in probably six weeks. So yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. And I, and I think that's the thing. Like probably no one is is sitting there on the fence. Like, I don't know if I want to go see it. Like they've, they've already made up their mind, yeah. but I feel like maybe there are some people out there who, who did hear the negative buzz and they're saying like, yeah, I don't know if I do want to go see it. Right. And so, so I think, I think the thing is, um, unfortunately, like for better or worse, this is a very, 
important stepping stone, I think, in the franchise as a whole. Um, like Kang will go on to be an important figure, and this is not his first appearance, but his first appearance. And so, yeah, I, I think I think that it'll be it, it will be an important stepping stone. So if you're into following Marvel, I think I think it's important to see it. Mm-hmm. However, if you're sitting there saying like, yeah, but I don't know, is it good? Whatever. Well, you know, here on this podcast, you got one one person who says it is and one who isn't. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like trust our past reviews, you know, kind of where you fall on on the way that we rate these things. And so maybe you're sitting there going, well, you know, uh, Dustin normally it, it, I, I feel more positively than Dustin typically does. So I'm not going to listen to him this time around. Right. Like that. And that's totally fine. Like that, 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 that's what, that's the purpose of reviews is like, find somebody that you can generally relate to. And, and, and even then you'll have, you'll have your, your schisms, but like, you know, and always take it with a grain of salt, but you can find somebody that you generally agree with and then say like, okay, they're a good barometer for whether or not I should spend $20 to go see this thing. And so maybe your barometer towards me is, you know, more favorable or less. And then that, that'll kind of help steer you. But, um, that's the only way I could see somebody like having not seen it or being on the fence is maybe they just either don't know how important this is to the franchise or they're turned off by, you know, uh, other people who've said it's not great or whatever. Yeah. Well, and to those people, like you've never been this emphatically negative about a Marvel film before. No, the only thing so is what if th- that that should that should tell people like even if even if people ride generally above yeah above you a couple of stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that you're like, yeah, this is like a zero or a one star. Yeah. That should that should mean something to people, you know. Right. Right. So exactly. Um yeah, and even I would say like it it just depend it, it again, it just depends. Like if you're if you're just trying to keep up with the Marvel stuff. Yeah. Well, then just wait for Disney Plus. Like yeah, I, right. I would say that about most of these. Like they may be fun, but like, hey, just why do Just all wait. that work? Just let it come wait, to you, man. Yeah, wait a couple months. Save yeah. your time, save your money. It's all good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Hate to say it, but like that's 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 my that's my that's sort of the 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 point of view I've been forced into just economically right. well, these yeah, days. Sure. Even yep. then, I'm I'm reading like that, you know, theaters char are starting to charge more money for opening weekend than they do subsequent weekends, mm-hmm. which is their prerogative and pretty yeah. smart. Um, I, I've actually. seen I've seen uh, reports that some theaters are doing that, and some theaters are charging more for specific seats. So, like, oh, you want to sit in the oh. middle section? Okay, well, that's going to cost you in a couple extra bucks. Damn. Yeah, I don't like that's, it, but it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense, and yeah. damn it, they have every right to do it. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's. Uh, you want to go into spoilers? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Let me make this easy for you. You will bring me what I need. Everything you call a life will end. Let's talk to here. I'll do this. We'll throw in a okay. break. We'll throw in okay. a little musical break for everybody. This is all my fault. Let me come okay. back. Spoilers. Sweet. You may not want her to watch this. We had a deal. You thought you could win. to win. We both just have to lose. 
also written under spoilers. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So the big things that happen in this movie, we're introduced to Kang. We're told, you know, how he came to be there in the quantum realm, how he knows Janet. Yep. And kind of explains or sets up this reason that like Janet, uh, the, the, the film has to somewhat create quickly this, this, this reason that Janet isn't going to talk to her family about her experiences in mm. the quantum realm or yeah. why she has never before. Um, why Which is bull crap, by the way, why once they're down there, she's sort of like afraid as she's, she's almost, almost like a wanted person, like not a fugitive, yeah. but like yeah. a persona non grata um, yeah. to lots of people in power down there, yeah. which might feel like a shock to people or felt like a shock to me in a bit to a bit because you're watching this movie and you're like, okay, the last time we were in the quantum realm, there was just like, you know, tardigrades and, you know, bacteria. Uh, yeah. And now we get down there. Now we're sort of told this is like a deeper level of the quantum realm. I'm not even sure. I thought the quantum realm was as deep as it got. I thought we were already yeah, down there right. and I thought there was right. nothing. That was the whole point. Yeah. Although the quantum realm in these movies is the microverse from the mm-hmm. comics, mm-hmm. which is its own thing. Um, so they're obviously like tweaking it for their own purposes. And obviously when they made the first Ant-Man, I don't think they realized that like they were going to use the quantum realm as a, you know, in Avengers Endgame and essentially use it for this, these bigger purposes. So just like you do in, I don't want to say just like you do, like it, like it's the, 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 the best way to do it, but as tends to happen in science fiction, and in episodic science fiction and you know you you might add rules or add functionality to something that you just didn't think of before it's not ideal but it's not uncommon yep um my whole thing was this kang is a is a variant again of hundreds thousands endless other kangs yeah so while i really enjoyed jonathan major's performance I sort of thought like, well, which Kang are we getting in the Kang dynasty? Are we getting a bunch of these? I want to latch on to him as a character because I want to like start to kind of like track yeah. what's going on with him. Yeah. But I'm almost worried that every time we see him, we're just going to get a different Kang. Right. You know? And so yeah. that, that, that stops me from latching on. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So you, you touched on a lot of my points. So oh. as, as you can see, I've got, copious notes for this film that's extensive yeah um so but yeah we can start we can start with with janet uh well let's just start with the quantum realm like this the quantum realm is so wildly inconsistent in these films and in the mcu um you you mentioned okay this is down deeper okay well that's stupid um because (laughs) because here's the thing like if you go back and and uh look at that first ant-man film uh scott shrinks down to the quantum realm momentarily and and the and the and janet the wasp is very like ethereal and like you know whatever and kind of like a ghost yeah to him um and implants you know something in his brain that then in ant-man and the wasp she's able to like you know communicate outside of the quantum realm with uh her family Mm -hmm. um so like there's that. And then in, in the second one, you know, like you said, it's kind of bacterial ish. It's, you know, just kind of like 
colors and you know psychedelic y stuff right imagery um and then and then you have this which is like just an alien planet which right it, it is so ridiculous to me like i reject it on a fundamental level and and that fundamental level is i would not reject it if it felt like ever before this film that was an intention and mm-hmm. it does not feel that way it feels like that way to me like now that it's just sort of like well we wrote ourselves into a corner because there's inherently nothing to to do in the quantum realm because there's nothing which is what we've said for ages um so now we have to come up with some bull crap to make it where there's things happening down there um okay well whatever but i have to think i have to think about a couple things one um and we'll get to like the passage of time in there but but i want to talk first about the passage of space right if if the quantum realm and maybe i'm wrong because i don't know quantum physics i i'm just i i don't i i know films that's all i know right so i know so, what films think quantum physics is right so so but my understanding throughout this it has been implied that the quantum realm is simply that you're you're super duper small Mm -hmm. and and so you're seeing some things that you know are not visible to naked eye and are not visible to even intense microscopes and whatever else like you you're 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 down there right Mm -hmm. okay got it you're in between atoms you're in like the smallest particles you're there got it okay done now what that means then is that theoretically the space between my two fingers is an infinite wasteland of nothingness. Right. Because the space between my two fingers then is is infinite, right? Or or very at the very least it's finite, but it's so incredibly small that there's essentially an entire world in between my two fingers. Yes. Right? Because because you're so tiny. Okay. Whatever. So now what are the daggum chances that these people all get transported down into the quantum realm within walking distance of each other <laughs> and within walking distance of Kang himself? Why would it not take an eternity to get anywhere? Because because essentially you're saying that they're they're close enough to okay. And but you could say, okay, here's the devil advocate. Okay. Yeah. Well, Modoc pulls them in, so he can pull them in pretty close to where they need to be. Okay, but not perfectly. Like they're not all together. Right. They're 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 kind of close. But do you understand that physically, if they weren't <laughs> together, the space between them would be very large. N- very large. Not and I'm not talking like hours. Like at the end of this film, Scott says, Man, it has been a day. So has this been a day? Like you it's been one day. So it's it's interesting because you bring that up and I think of I think of Horton here's a who. Yeah. Uh, you know, where it's like, is that the only spec that has a world on it? Or are there yeah. other specs that have worlds? Yeah. Because you think of all that's contained in that spec. Right. And yeah. then you're like, are there other specs or, or are there other ways to get to the spec? And like this, clearly what they're going for here is like the quantum realm and the shrinking and the experiencing. And you go deep enough in the quantum realm, you're going past what we're talking about, the subatomic space between particles, mm-hmm. wherever you are, where there is just infinite nothingness. Sure. And you essentially, they sort of pull some gimmicky stuff from Endgame where it's like if you, if you go deep enough and you harness it, correctly or whatever you're either going to another point in time or you're going to another point in space Mm -hmm. um and that is almost to me 
not the quantum realm. Like they keep, it's, it's almost a misnomer for me to, for them to call it the quantum realm. Because sure. to me, it's like, no, you're, you're using the quantum realm as a way to, as a gateway to either the past, Something like in Avengers end game sure. or to what is effectively another planet, which is okay. this thing. Okay. That's how, that's my head canon because to me it's sure. like, yes, the film makes no sense otherwise. If you right. take it, if, if you take it as like, I almost want them to, 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 to retroactively like someone in some other film, just give me Bring two senses of exposition yeah. and just correct it because that's effectively what they're doing. Sure. Like that, that is, that is what's on screen. Cause you're, cause yeah. if, if you're shrinking down between particles, you're subatomic. Yeah. There's no more atoms. The atoms are all huge. They're the size of planets relative yeah. to you. Yep. How the fuck are there, is there food here? How are there right. other things? Those are atoms. Everything's Correct. atoms, right? Correct. So how are there atoms here where there's not a, you know, so yeah. Yeah. to me, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, if, if it's not a portal. Sure. It's a, <laughs> it's a big old plot hole. <laughs> right. Well, and so if it's a portal, yeah. then Janet never actually spent any time in the quantum realm. She portaled into something else, right. but they don't make that clear. Which, it, which would explain why she actually ages. Right. Because that's always been a big plot hole too. Right. And that's why Scott, who was in the, I'm going to call it the quantum. I'm going to call this the microverse and I'm going to call okay. the quantum realm, the emptiness, the quantum realm. Okay. When Scott's in the quantum realm, he said, what, for him it was five hours, not five years. So he right. doesn't age. Right. Fine. That makes sense. Time is weird down yeah. there. Okay, fine. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. still does make sense. Time is time, no matter how small yeah. you are, but yeah, yep. Yeah. It's cool. Whatever. Sure. But yeah, that, that would explain why she essentially has gone to the, cause let's also not get, get into the point that if, at that size, just the simple air pressure would crush you. Sure. Um, so, but, but yeah, it, it, it is, it know. is a complete, uh, uh, plot hole that she's aged perfectly in tandem with Michael Douglas, which mm-hmm. I guess makes it, you know, it makes it more, uh, uh, uh palatable for an audience to latch onto their romance. Sure. That she's not played by, you know, like 30 year old. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> But but still, it is weird. Although that um, would be more accurate to the way Michael Douglas likes to this <laughs> way. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Um, but but yeah, I'm sure so he I mean, asked, could she be played by somebody half my age? <laughs> and Kevin Feige was like, Michael, we can't. This is for families. <laughs> we can't. Okay, Michael. Would you stop asking? <laughs> I was thinking Catherine Zeta Jones. No, Mike, we can't cast your. We can't do this every time. <laughs> you have to stop asking me this, Michael. Uh, Sorry, but yeah. So, so there's that. Um, yeah, the time thing is weird because it makes no sense. You know, whatever. I mean, okay. So Scott was down there for five hours, but it was really five years. And they're going to use the quantum realm to pop in and out of time um, in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. So time just is what it is. That's sure. fine. But it is also weird that like there's no indication in the film of like the actual passage of time either in the quantum realm, microverse, whatever, mm-hmm. or in the real world. Because like you would expect when they get back to the real world, like I kept thinking like, well, what's time going to be? Like, have they been gone for an hour? Have they been gone for 12 hours? Have they been gone for 12 days? Have they been gone for 12 years? Yeah. Like, I don't know what it's going to be. Huh, nothing. Eh. 
nothing, no yeah. indication, nothing's changed. Um, and, and so it's like, oh, okay, well that's kind of sucky because I think he's been down here for more than five hours, uh, this time. So right. clearly then, you know, by the film's own logic, it should be much longer than five years having passed. However, he does. I mean, like they say, it makes no sense. So what it could, maybe they could pop out in prehistoric times, like who knows, <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just weird. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just weird that there's no consequences to them spending time in the quantum realm for the first time ever in, in history. Right. Um, but if we're going to talk about Janet, like Jan, I have a bunch of problems with Janet. First, the problem with Janet is that they're all like, Hey, you know, quantum realm. And she's like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want right. to talk about it. Okay. Well, you were literally experimenting on it at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp. So <laughs> you sent Scott down there. Yeah. So huge, big character issue here. Mm -hmm. Because did you forget that you were experimenting on the quantum realm? So why is everyone so like, oh, we don't want to talk to grandma about it. Right. Janet, why? Janet is unwilling to speak about it, but she is willing to put other people at risk. <laughs> To go there, right? You're, yeah, yeah. It, it, it it's so stupid. And obviously, then, the answer is they had not thought of this yet. Correct. You know, but that's it, a terrible it, answer. It doesn't help make the character likable when or you consistent. or consistent to yeah. have her essentially be tight lipped about <laughs> a, a horrible well, danger. You know? Well, and and that's the next thing, which is okay. So I, I could I could I could almost understand her not talking about it in in like the real world, like, because, you know, this is something that she left behind. Okay. Got it. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll deal with that. It's traumatic. It's whatever she thinks, you know, hopes that this will never come up again. I'll, I won't talk about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I can buy that. I can buy that. Too bad. Um, all your family members work in shrink tech. It's probably going to come yeah, up again. This is all of your specific area of expertise. No one else in the world is doing research on quantum particles and shrink tech and correct you know everything y'all do correct yeah probably gonna come up again it might um but but i guarantee you it, it if a human being went down there again with your entire family yeah the first thing you're doing is saying guys this is what we're up against this is what we're doing mm -hmm. not going i don't want to talk about it. i'm not gonna talk about it i'll tell you later i, I don't want to talk about it Let's just, just follow my lead. Just do what I say. You're going to say, look guys, there's a guy here. His name is Kang. He's really bad. I helped him and messed up, you know, whatever, but he's after us. So we're going to have to get back out of here as soon as we can and just stay with, and like give the whole thing right then and there. Cause I guarantee you, if I walked my wife and my son into a situation that I knew was dangerous, I'm not going to be like, don't ask me any questions. Don't talk about it. We're just going to all stay together. We'll be fine. I'm not going to say that. Instead, I'm going to say, hey, guys, I happen to know that there's a giant troll that lives under this bridge. Hey, we're not going to go over this bridge, right? You know, t 10 years ago, I punched him in the face and called his mom a whore. <laughs> he, he really hates me. So that's we what we're up against. We, we didn't part on good terms. Right. And we have to go that way. So we're going to encounter this guy. I just want you to know he's there. Right. <laughs> like, don't. Don't, don't, don't hold that a secret. This is, this is so stupid. It's dumb screenwriting because it's providing withhold, but it's the dumbest providing withhold that's possible because it's illogical. I knew that that was going to be one of your, one of your sticking points because we talk about providing withhold all the time. 
We do, on the show. and provide yeah. and withhold is a great thing. It's it's it, for those uh, you know uninitiated. It's when the writer um, decides how to dole out information to the audience Mm -hmm. at the proper time because there's such a thing as too much exposition up front so that the mystery is no longer a mystery Mm -hmm. and then there's there's too little as in the case of this film where they're not providing enough and so i can't latch on to anything because i don't know what's going on yeah we don't know where where it's going because we have no we don't have, have any breadcrumbs we have nothing and so and and by the time it's revealed We've been told 8 million times the same thing. Him, he. He's oh, dangerous. Oh, wow. right, right. He's dangerous. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Dad yeah. gum. The whole scene with Bill Murray, you could excise from this film. Oh, Why? Boy. Because it does flip in nothing. It's nothing. It, it's... All it is, is, well, uh, we used to have sex and, uh, you know, and, <laughs> yeah, right. and it's like, it's like, well, this is dumb. It's, this is really dumb. That is definitely probably the, the, the one, if I could wave one scene out of the movie, it's just that one. It's. Yeah. I've never been less excited to see Bill Murray. I've never been less entertained by Bill Murray. Yeah. And I've never felt more like a story, a, a petty story element, like Janet, you know, getting, getting her needs met in a, in, in a subatomic world or other planet microverse by Bill yeah. Murray. That, <sighs> but, but this is dumb because of a few reasons. Number one, he's not human. Let's, <laughs> let's remember that. Number two, uh, uh, you would think one of two things, either this is no big deal to Hank or it's a very big deal to Hank. And instead the film just, eh, eh, whatever. Oh, you did that. I did it too. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, that's, that's actually, uh, uh, terrible. That so was, I'm very sorry. That was them realizing like we have nothing for Michael Douglas to do in this movie. Yes. Like we have things that Hank Pym does in the script, but what, what can we tell Michael Douglas that we have for him this time? Well, so, so then let's jump to Michael Douglas. Here's another thought I had. (laughs) So Michael Douglas, yeah, he does nothing, but, uh, throughout the film, they very heavy handedly show that, Oh, something's trying to get a hold of him on his uh, hearing aid, you know, whatever. And it's okay. It's the ants. It's the ants. Mm Mm-hmm. It's the ants. And then finally they're like, it's the ants. And I'm like, yeah, duh, it's the ants. Right. And then they say, oh, they experienced a time dilation effect and they aged a thousand uh, generations, whatever it is. Right. And and here they are. And I'm like, all right, well, a thousand years, a thousand generations, right. whatever it is. And I'm like, all right, a couple things. One, <laughs> so at the end of this whole thing, they're going to come to his aid. Okay. Well, you realize that even if it's a thousand years, these are not the same ants. <laughs> These are long descendants of the original ants. They have no, des- they, they should have no connection to Michael Douglas. No, no sense. Like how many, how many 1000 year old dudes? Who's this old man who keeps telling us what to do? Well, n- well, not even that, but like this old dude that we haven't talked to for years, but we just picked up on our homing signal we, and we, we can learned, now we- like communicate to him and say we will give our lives to you we we learned about him in school yeah right <laughs> we said the pledge of allegiance to him <laughs> pledge allegiance to he michael douglas jesus. <laughs> yeah yeah and i'm like i'm like this is so stupid this is so dumb it's a it's a deus ex machina is it what is. it is yeah and it's so stupid and it's just so he can have the moment at the end where he walks in like a hero at the yeah. end and he's like ah oh, these are my ants everybody yeah. and and the ants the ants take down Kang. Yeah. So 
So, so Kang had previously said something like, hmm, I've taken down so many Avengers. Are you the one with the hammer? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so he's killed Thor before. Mm-hmm. These ants are stronger than Thor then, apparently. <laughs> Good thing Thor didn't come to the microverse. Yeah. I, His ass is, whooped. Yeah, this is so dumb. It's so dumb that that but they had to work ants in somehow because it's ant-man and i'm like okay um alternate plan he gets out of the quantum realm and into the real world mm-hmm. and then he could bring ants into have, have it have those big ants from indiana jones eat him <laughs> yes yeah right H- half the fun half the fun of these movies is seeing things that are small be large and right. large be small yeah. you get none of that in this film right so uh, do that which uh, here's another thought I had. I want to get your opinion. I I was convinced this movie would end on a loss that Scott and Hank and everybody else would lose to Kang, that Kang would be victorious. And, mm-hmm. and this is the empire strikes back. It's like we lost now. Granted, they already did that in infinity war, but like that, I thought this would end on a loss and it, that Kang would be the big bad because he beat Scott here. And then we get to like, he goes on and we're afraid of him right? because he, he gets out. He, 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 he wins. Um, yeah. So I, it sucks that that didn't happen. Yeah. There's, there's a part of me and we've talked about this in the past, like that as these things go on, you've got to start killing people. Um, yeah. because, and, and I'm, and I'm imagining there's a whole kinds of reasons why they don't like, Oh, well, you yeah. know, we don't want, we don't want to, we, we, we can't, we can't have people investing in these actors and these heroes movie after movie and have them just end with being killed. And it's like, first of all, yes, you can um, because you have plenty of movies before that where they are victorious and you know, most of your audience, I mean, yeah, there's kids who watch this and stuff, but like your main audience, the people you're really trying to impress critics, like, you know, like that kind of thing. It's like, they, if you're going to make 30 plus movies, you got to start doing stuff and we have to start feeling yeah. like people are in danger. And at the end of this movie, you know, it would have been fine with me if Kang had killed the entire cast. Yeah. Because it's like, of course he did. They're no match for him. They yeah. did what they could. I mean, something like maybe he, they hit some button that sends a signal. At least they get some message out to the other Avengers. Like, Oh, so at least like they accomplished something. Yeah. You know, like, or, or whatever they died, they locked him in the yeah. quantum realm. He's still down there. They stopped him, but they didn't yeah. get out. Yes. Like, they, which they, is they where could, I thought they were going. I thought they were going like, we both just have to lose. I thought he was just going to blow up the portal and he was going to be stuck down there. And Kang was just going to torture him until he, he died. But then boom, instant portal, instant portal. Evangelist no comes back, saves him. I, I agree. For the like, second time in the film, by the right. way. And it's, and the whole time I'm just like, I'm sorry. This is Jonathan majors fighting Paul Rudd. In in a couple of weeks, he's going to be in a movie where he beats the shit out of Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yep. I, it's hard for me to believe that this fight is happening the way it's happening. Yes. Um, you know, unless he's all brains, no brawn. He, he's right, just like, right. <laughs> like he, he throws a punch. He's like, that would have been hilarious. It would have been actually really funny if they had played on that. Like, yeah, I'm like a time traveling scientist, but. I'm a, I'm a nerd. I can't fight. They should have done yeah. something like that. It, it, sure. it would have at least explained why Paul Rudd is beating him yeah, in yeah, a yeah. fight. Even yeah. though he looks like Jonathan Majors. It would be like, yep. yeah, well, you know, all books, no weights. Uh, and yeah, right. Paul Rudd like just punches him once and he's down. Uh, it, yeah. it, people may have been like <laughs> mad about it. I would have been right. like, it makes sense yeah. though. Makes It makes a lot of sense. It makes more sense. I don't know. I, yeah. But at a certain point you do, I again, 
you don't want to end the third Ant-Man movie. You don't want to end your trilogy with the cast being killed. At the same time, I just, what's the plan then? Because yeah. you, you have to have the characters then retire. What is going to be a justification for all these actor, all these characters deciding not to do hero work to exist yep. in the world and never help anyone again, no matter how great yep. the threat? Yeah. Oh, well, they'll always be around. Yeah, they will in comic books because you yeah. can draw them. Yeah. But these actors have contracts. These actors, some of them are going to die um, and you got to recast them or, you know, yep. and that, that just gets all messy. It's like... W- this is an interesting thing. We're all in the middle. I think you are as well of watching the last of us right now. I haven't started it yet, but, so but sure. there's some, as I understand it, cause I don't know the game. There are some differences. There's yeah. not a lot as far as I can tell, but there are yeah. differences in between the game and in the film, sure. uh, the, the, the show. And they are mainly to do with this works in a format where you are playing, mm-hmm. um, or, or your purpose is to run around and gather, you know, but in a film where your purpose is to do this, it's not as yep. interesting. So you change yep. it. Yep. So there's a difference between the medium of a comic book and the medium yep. of even a really well interweaved series of films like the MCU. Yep. The difference being these are actors, they're humans who age, who you have to pay money to. And who, after a while, don't want to do these movies as much success yeah. and money and fame as it's brought them. They want to do other shit. This is not yeah. why most of them got into show business. Especially and Paul Rudd. Especially Paul Rudd. Yeah. And so, to me, it's like, yeah, it might track with the comics that these yeah. characters would just be around and you'd see yeah. like a gray-haired Scott Lang in some yeah. later on Civil War comic Sure. Come out of retirement to help because this is pretty damn important, whatever it is. Yeah. Fine. But in a movie, yeah. you've got to kill him yeah. eventually. Yeah. You just have to. And and yeah. that that might bum kids out. Oh, Ant Man's dead. First of all, those kids are like 40 now. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. Second yeah. of all, death is a part of life. And yeah. if there's any way that you can make death palatable to a kid, it's a hero's death. Yeah. We're not going to yeah. give Paul Rudd leukemia and have him just wither away and die. We're, you know, he, he's going to die saving the universe. Yeah. And we've already done yeah. that with other characters who are much more beloved than Ant-Man is. I yeah. don't know why. I don't know why we can't do it every now and then when we're 10 years into a film and the actors want out of their contracts and we're trying to surprise people and make it, the villain scary. It, it's a good point. Like, this would have been the perfect opportunity to kill somebody. Like, even if it isn't, even if it isn't Scott you Lang, could have at least killed Janet who arguably well, deserved, deserved to die. If, if, if sure. any of them did, you know? Sure. Well, I, I think, I think they should have killed hope. And here's why hope. Hope was the biggest missed opportunity in this film by far. Her name is in the title mm-hmm. and she has like 12 lines yeah. and none of them mean anything. She, she never drives a scene. She's always reactive. Um, The only thing she does is come in as a deus ex machina twice to save Scott Lang. Yep. And, and, and that's all she does in this entire movie. Um, Not to mention they give her and, and Paul Rudd zero like romantic moments, zero moments where they even clarify the nature of their relationship. Like I have no idea where they (laughs) are, where they are. You're right. Exactly. None. Um, they, I would, I would be willing to bet, and I'd have to rewatch this movie, which I'm not going to do is, <laughs> is, 
I, I don't think they ever had a scene together, just the two of them. The the Wikipedia says they live together and they are together. Like that's his his girlfriend, well, Hope Van Dyne. Well, they have zero chemistry and spend <laughs> zero time together. Um, so that's where they are. Yeah. Um, so kill her to motivate him. But here's the problem. And this is another problem. The problem is the movie wants me to believe that Scott Lang is some kind of like lazy, no good, whatever, because all that Cassie wants to say is like, well, what are you doing now, dad? Mm-hmm. And there's there's injustice in the world and you're not doing anything about it. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, if I hadn't done anything about it, half the world wouldn't be here. bro. Right. Like, the level of disrespect that she shows him in this film is mind boggling as if she has some place to lecture him over not doing enough to help people. I drove across the country and I gave the Avengers like me? I provided them the means through which we succeeded and saved I everyone. Pu- I punched an alien ship in the face. <laughs> the ship had a face and I punched it. I punched it. I threw a left. I'm not even left handed. Like, <laughs> I I don't understand the idea that they're going to sit here and tell me that he's some sort of lesser hero because he hasn't done anything lately. Yeah, no one no one no one is impre- it's it's weird. It's almost it, it's a little weird how no one seems to have any appreciation. They want to like sort of communicate that like he's he's cashed in on his fame a little bit. Yeah. Which again, wouldn't you? He doesn't have a job. He doesn't Why have a real is that job. inherently a bad thing? <laughs> his, his, we, they've already established that the Avengers don't get a salary. They that, don't get a that, salary. He, he, the last we we saw of him, he like worked. I guess that he like owned a security company with with yeah. Michael Pena, maybe. Yeah. But like, yeah. Why wouldn't he like write a book and and yeah. and, and cash in on that a little bit? That's what every he celebrity should. does, you know. He, he should. He's no Sam, different Sam from Wilson's out here Bill not O'Reilly. getting loans. Yeah, yeah exactly. right. Exactly. Yeah. Like write a book you know right. like th- this this is fine yeah. i have no problem against this but but this is akin to saying to somebody who was like yeah you know i i served two tours in afghanistan yeah but what are you doing now <laughs> why didn't you serve three you lazy yeah, or why bitch. aren't you currently serving <laughs> that's ridiculous or like going up to some some elderly man who's like yeah i have fought yeah. world war ii yeah. yeah but what about now <laughs> Are you are you are you doing anything now? Are you down with like gay rights? Like, okay, I I was on the I, Higgins craft. I, I landed on Normandy. I, I literally killed Nazis. What do you want from me? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, like the, 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 that that's the equivalent of that to me. It's yeah. like, granted, like everybody can always do more. I sure. get that. Right. Sure. You you can always do more. Yeah. Great. That's a fine message. But don't don't sit there and be like, because you're doing nothing because you're good for nothing because you, whatever, like dad, you're so embarrassing and whatever. Yeah. Uh, granted, she shouldn't also be showering him with platitudes all the time. Like, dad, you're the best. You saved the world. But like at the same time, don't, don't sit there and be like, I'm better than you because look what I'm doing. So yeah. So the, 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 this is happening with other of Marvel properties right now. There's a very Gen Z energy to them. And I'm, yeah. I'm starting to sort of fear uh, th- yes. th- this is, um, this is you and I aging out of the demographic of movies Maybe <laughs> because, Maybe. because they don't make movies for adults anymore. And yeah. now adults are people who are 30 and above instead of yeah. 18 and above. Yeah. And so like a character like Cassie, who yeah. you and I see is like incredibly disrespectful and ungrateful. Gen Z is like, 
yeah, girl, tell them, you know, get, yeah. you know, tell them, you know, get, get but, after them for not doing enough. And it's like, well, I, I it, it's fine. It's just like it, I'm fine with the characters having the piss taken out of them a little bit to sure. avoid them being overly glamorized. Yes. That's fine because I mean, civil war is all about that. It's like, yeah, you yeah. saved the world and stuff, but like you also, there's a whole lot of collateral damage we need to talk about and, yeah. and there's fallout, there's drama, but there's a difference in that. And in basically saying, yeah, those Avengers weren't, weren't, weren't ever shit. We're, we're, yeah. we're very afraid that, that Ironheart is just going to take the wind out of Tony Stark in order to build up Riri Williams because yeah. the easiest thing for Gen Z to do to bolster themselves this is real people, real people in the world with Gen Z and Gen Z characters on the screen. Yeah. The whole thing is, well, we'll just sort of, you know, take down what, what, what is and what's come yeah. before, whether yeah. it was good or not. And I'm not yeah. down with that in real life or in movies. Cause it's like, well, I love these characters though. And, yeah. and yeah. even to Cassie's standards, these heroes all have done things that are important. So for yeah. her to berate her father for, for not being politically active when yeah. he, you know, saved the universe with his special shrink tech, um, right. that's sort of stupid. <laughs> and, yes. uh, right. And, 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 and I, I, while I appreciate that the film tried to be about something like, yeah. l- l- don't be passive, you know, like, you know, be, yeah. be, be an active participant in whatever you believe in. Yeah. Fine. Like, don't be complacent. Yep. Don't sit on the sidelines. Never too late to be yep. a dick. All those things. That's all yep. fine. Those are fine. Yep. And I and I at least appreciated that the movie was trying to communicate that through that character. Yep. Right. But it was sort of weird that like essentially a protester um, was going to lead, you know, to help in help a revolution in a in a space world planet thing mm-hmm. in a subatomic realm against uh an alien a time traveling alien and his yeah. army of robots and right. it was just kind of like this is a little weird for me i will say you yeah know? i mean yes yes to everything i think <laughs> i think that you you can't build up a character and make me care for them by tearing down characters that I already like. This, this, <laughs> right. this is a really bad screenwriting tool. Yeah. It's a very bad way of, of bolstering your character's credentials. Yes. Is to say, well, the ones that you liked really weren't all that great anyway. Yeah. It's like, well, no, even if they weren't, <laughs> the thing is, sometimes people aren't great who are great. Does there, that make sense? There's a tiny like, bit of this in She Hulk where me and Jack mm. talked about this, where she says something and it's in the trailer. Like she, she says something like, no one knows what I'm going through. Like I'm, I'm, I'm talked down to um, constantly by men who, who, who tell me essentially things that I already, I'm already an expert in. Yeah. And Jack point out like, that's what you're doing right now to Bruce Banner. He's literally the only other person on earth who knows what you're going through. And you're completely dismissing his expertise in this yeah. area. Now yeah, that, that's yeah. not an ongoing problem in the series, but he, sure. he did point out like right off the bat, I was like, uh, okay. I mean, that's a little, yeah. that's a little, yep. s- s- that's a little short sighted of you to <laughs> talk, to say that to yeah, him. Yeah. A little, little bit. But it, that's why I say, I feel like it's a trend that's happening. It's like, Oh, they're, you got to be careful about doing that. It makes you look yeah. dumb. It makes you look real well, dumb. And, and while I can't think of any specific example, I think Hawkeye suffers from a similar issue, which is the idea that like Kate, Kate Bishop is the better Hawkeye. Right. And huh. it, like, it kind of comes across that way to me is like, she's the, the, the more responsible, like she's not like, he's kind of, 
yeah, I'm semi-retired, you know, lackadaisical, whatever. I don't really want to get involved in whatever. And she's like, no, like, blah, blah. and she's kind of like stirring him up. Mm-hmm. And like, this is sort of the, the same sort of thing. It's not like, I can't think of a, a specific example, but it's the, the, you know, uh, the look back, you know, the the hindsight of it is is like, yeah, yeah, they were kind of building her up to be like the new and better version of, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because that can that can be done right, sure. right? Like when you have you know a sidekick who surpasses the 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 hero, and and that should be the hero's goal is to always have the sidekick surpass them. Yeah, you know, this is what makes like Terry McGinnis interesting or Dick Grayson interesting is like the idea that Bruce might one day say. Uh, I I want you to be better than I don't want you to be me. I want you to be better than me. Yeah. Right. Like that. That's a that's a noble thing. But but it almost comes across in Hawkeye and in some of these other more recent Marvel projects. Like they're just inherently better than the older characters. Right. And 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 they have really nothing to learn other than maybe like the skill. Right. But but they don't need to learn any heroic traits. Right. They don't need to learn any any yeah, any any character traits. And it's like, well, this is a problem. It's the Captain um, Marvel problem. It's like you're not struggling. You're not I don't feel like you're earning whatever it is yeah. that you have by the end of this this journey. Yeah. You just right. you just either have it already when I meet you yeah. or yeah. it just sort of happens to you and and there's no there's no struggle, there's no arc, there's no meaning. Correct. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so I get a little bit of that in this, but like, yeah, I think, I think part of the, the issue is, um, they, they really wanted to build up Cassie, which is great, but, but I have a hard time believing that Cassie is going to be a super important character moving forward. Um, maybe she is, but I don't know. And speaking of, of Cassie's role, I'm a little bit tired of these, like, um, it, 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 it's a stock character at this point mm-hmm. because Shuri is Riri is Cassie. They're all super smart, you know, like STEM, STEM, STEM characters. And that's great. Yeah. You should have, you should have them and you can have more than one, but don't make them exactly the same as each other because yeah. here's the problem. Cassie should have had a very good idea, but no financial means to pull that off. <laughs> right. She's not the she's not the 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 princess of Wakanda where all the all the resources of a country are hers right. to to use. And 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 Riri certainly is is an is a college student. Right. She should not have the means. And you could say, well, it was a makeshift Iron Man costume. Well, I'm sorry. When I was in college, couldn't afford to build an Iron Man costume, even if I had known how. Right. I like th- that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. And so, so you you run the risk of being like they're the same character. They all have the same abilities and the same like means to to do what they can do. And yeah. so to be like, oh, okay, well, and I know they were kind of getting that maybe that Cassie was working with Hope and with Hank to to pull this off, but. I don't know. It just came across a little bit like nobody could crack this, but the 18 year old girl in the basement can. And it's like, well, yeah, she, she, she just, she's real okay. sharp, Scott. You know, you should really take more notice, you know, how, yeah. how sharp your daughter is. Which, which is another problem. So let me get into this because mm-hmm. you bring this leads me right into theoretically, I guess there's been what, two years since the return of everybody. Something. Um, I believe it is supposed to be 2024. 2025 now in the in the MCU. Okay, it was supposed to be 2023, at in in Avengers Endgame. Okay, yeah. So so then it's been two years. I'll since, go to the timeline while you're talking. 
Okay, so it's been roughly two years since everybody returned. Um, it's crazy to me that in those two years, or however uh, however amount of time it is, that Cassie was working on this, not telling Scott for n- no real reason. Scott's been, you know, doing what he's been doing. That's fine, whatever. But then at the end of the film, there's this thing where they like all meet up to give Cassie all the all the cards for her birthdays that he missed. Why two years later? What about this film gave him the impetus to do that? Yeah. I I don't understand. Like, to me, it's just a matter of like, again, the screenplay needed something to happen. And ignore the fact that there's been two years of days where they could have been doing this, but they're going to do it now. Why? There's nothing like story wise about that because this is my point. There's nothing story wise that happens in this film to Scott or to anybody that means anything. Um, Scott starts the movie and ends the movie in mostly the exact same way, except in the end, I guess he's a little more paranoid that King might come back one day, but that's it. So maybe he's got a little bit of post-trauma. Okay, whatever. But there, there's, there's no like indication that he had a flaw that needed to be corrected or, or anything other than, I guess, maybe he, he, he needs to he need to protest fix, things. He need, he needs to fix his complacency. He'd become he'd begun to coast and he'd begun to be, to become complacent at least according to his daughter. And and but how does that tie in with him giving her birthday cards and how does as as if that's the culmination of his arc and how does that tie into uh him defeating Kang as if he had become complacent and now yeah. now he's better? Right. I, there, there's just nothing. There's just nothing. He would have already. It's not like he would have ever like been complacent about a threat like Kang. Like he, yes. he clearly takes his commitment as a hero seriously. So there's no need to be like, Dad, you're not doing enough. You should yeah. go fight Kang. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I know. That's that's yeah. what I'm doing. You see. Yeah. Here, here's the thing, Cassie. Didn't know he existed <laughs> until the exact moment that you did. So why don't you cut me some slack, okay? Yeah, cut me some slack because I started fighting him at the exact moment I knew he existed. I really need you to watch your tone with when you're telling me. How can I do better than that? That I'm not yeah. fighting Kang enough. It's like, right. sorry, I just, I just, I'm, I'm got here the same time as you did. I'm, yep. learning Plus all this the, as well. I'm also just gonna say this is not a point of critique. This is just an uh, I noticed that. <laughs> Hope never stands up for him or supports him. <laughs> like Hope never says to to Cassie, like, "Hey, Cassie, Hope he's actually making money on these books." And <laughs> how do you think you're making your college tuition exactly off of his books? Right? <laughs> like, there there's no uh, there's no yeah. support from his girlfriend about this. Yeah. Like, she's just like, "Well, she's kind of right." She's kind of right. I don't know. I'm just going to sit in the passenger seat and be quiet because the the writer doesn't know how to write lines for me. So I'll just sit here and say nothing. Yeah. The writer doesn't know how to give the the male character who is who is who is under scrutiny a, a, a good way to defend himself. He's just like, I'm not going to have him. It's respond. it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The visual effects were mostly good, but took me out in a lot of key places. One of them is that's that, a pun. Yeah, one one of them <laughs> is is that I do feel like there was a distinct lack of tangibility 
okay. to a lot of what was happening here um, to the to the point where it felt a little bit uh, it, it felt a little bit just unrealistic to me. And, and it's not because necessarily the effects were bad because there wasn't enough that the actors were interacting with physically yeah, yeah, to yeah. feel like they were well established and like the back drops were real right even though a lot of this was filmed on the volume yes and so a lot of it like they were able to have some interaction um albeit you know uh, slight sure. um th- it never quite felt interactive it never quite felt real and some of the some of the characters like the gelatinous dude was just like all right well you're akin to like a DreamWorks character to me. Like you, you don't really feel real and tangible. Um, uh, not on like Thanos level. And part of that is because it's so inhuman that it, 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 it's so unlike anything in the real world. But then you have things like MODOK, which is fairly realistic. Like it's, it's a human head with arms and legs. It should feel real. Mm -hmm. Um, but to me felt less real than most of the things. And, and I know like it's a big talking point. Like, did you buy MODOK? Did you didn't, did you not buy MODOK? Um, and again, your mileage will vary. I, I never grew used to it. I never felt like it worked for me um, just on the VFX wise. And I, and I never bought it. I, I always felt like this always looks uncanny valley and jarring to me. I, I don't have a, a strong point here other than to say, that there are there are moments where the visual effects are are pretty astounding, but there are a lot of moments in key areas where they aren't. And Modoc maybe is the prime example of that. For me, Modoc didn't work uh, in terms of the VFX. What did you think? I generally didn't have a problem. I can definitely see that point. Um, you know, you almost wonder like, ah, oh, this is a lot of effects. Like, I wonder how they can, you know pull this together yeah. and a lot of it's because well it's on the volume you know like they're not having yeah. to key a bunch they're safe they're probably saving a shitload of money just yeah. not having to put the actors on a green screen and not having to key out hair and stuff and it's it, yeah. it's a big ass help that's why people love the volume Peyton yeah. Reed is another director of Marvel films like Taiko Ititi who yeah. did Mandalorian episodes and was like damn this thing's pretty cool I yeah. want to use this and yeah. it's definitely it was definitely the right call to make sure um but uh, especially when you're going to do an entire movie in, you know, in a computer. Yeah. Um, and as far as, you know, so I didn't have a problem with it, but I can definitely, I, I'm just not noticing those things as much on sure. on the first watch, maybe. Sure. But if there's as many people as it seems that are completely disengaged with this film, they're looking and they're yeah. noticing. Because yeah. when, yeah. you, when you disconnect from a film, you start picking apart the frame. All right. Yeah. Where's the with modok i for me i i i i really enjoyed modok and it's probably Corey stoll's performance it's probably just mm. his his line delivery that really keeps modok funny mm. um i don't know i don't know what people want from modok as a character for me i don't have any attachment to the character so i'm cool with him essentially being a joke for the entire film sure and so it was fine with me that he was a big stretchy face because i was just like I don't know what I really expect for this character to be. Half the time he's in his helmet mask and he looks comic accurate. And that's kind of cool. Um, the last time audiences saw Modoc is in some Pat Oswalt show on Hulu. Yeah. Also for comedic purposes. So, yeah, but so his visual effects did not get in the way of what they were trying to do here with him or with what he 
probably is in the comics, but I have heard people say, yeah, the big stretchy face was weird. And I would agree if I cared about his character, I just enjoyed the comedic aspects. Sure. Well, you make a good point, right? Like if, if you're our, if you're connected in the story, a lot of the, a lot of these things will fly under the radar. When he was dying, I was just like, ah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's this yes. face, there's a doctor who side character named Cassandra, who's this, they go way to the end of the world. They go all the way to the end of time. And there's a bunch of rich people who are on a boat or a boat, <laughs> a ship who are going to watch it from far away. And one of those people is like the last, quote unquote, the last living human, Cassandra. And she's human. But what she is, is a big, like she's a, she's a face and skin stretched out like a mattress across Mm. like, she's like a cot. She's like a cot Mm. made of skin and she's being moisturized and everything. And the idea being like, she's, she's the last living human, but she's so inhuman. She's been so modified that she is literally just moistened skin, you know, stretched out, taut. Um, yeah. to maintain her youth. Wow. And it's like, there's at some point you watch something happen to that kid. There's some sympathy you feel for that character, even though she's kind of ridiculous looking. Yeah. And so him dying, it's like, I'm, I'm not going like, wow, I'm feeling this performance, but I also don't yeah. think you're really meant to. Sure. They're making jokes sure. during his death. She's like, yeah. is that yeah. Darren? Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Yeah. Hey, he says something like, I'll tell you later. I'm thinking, if you're him laying there dying and Paul Rudd says, yeah, I'll tell you later, like yeah. implying later after he dies, I'd be like, yeah. no, not, no, no. I don't yeah. want to think of the life going on without me. I, I just, I keyed in on that yes. right away. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. If I was laying there, like taking my last breath and you're like, what do you want to eat for lunch later? You yeah. Eat some lunch. I'd be like, will you shut up about your, your lunch? Yeah. Right. Dying I'm dying here. here. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. But but yeah, I I guess that's probably part of it is like if you're already disconnected from the film, that that is going to bump you. And and the the problem is like screenplay wise th- I I was disconnected and I and I think I think part of it is that whole first act is Janet keeping secrets. It's it's disjointed like vignettes essentially. So what you'll have is like um uh scott and cassie they walk up and they're like the the quantum people come up and and they're like i didn't know there were people here and then it's like hard cut to what janet and hank and hope are doing Mm -hmm. and they're doing something i don't remember what and then and they're like trying to survive whatever like what what are we doing i don't know well he's here whatever blah and then cut back to scott and uh and this time it's like a really quick short shot where they're the the people are dragging scott and he's like where's cassie where's cassie where's cassie and i'm so immediately like disconnected because i'm like she was just here something happened where i when i wasn't allowed to look that that separated them Uh, and and this is a problem because i didn't see that happen so i'm already disconnected because i'm like the the screenwriter stole that moment from me right um i should have seen that and i didn't because now that he's like well where's cassie where's cassie well i don't know either but i'm also don't i don't know how she got away from you right so that you don't know because y'all were together um so this is weird and then we cut back and now janet and the family are no longer in this like foresty area they're in a deserty area running into like these nomad people that she apparently knows and like cuts off an arm and that's a cool thing (laughs) 
And like, but, but then she says something that makes me think she doesn't know that guy, but maybe this is just a customary thing. But regardless, I'm like, so she's been around like talking to people. Uh Like, I mean, they're not humans, but like people like, so this whole, this whole time I thought she was just down there alone yeah. And she's not. And so now I'm bumping up against that. And then she's like, I found us a, a thing. And then boom, hard cut back to Scott. And it's like, okay, now you have to drink this ooze or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, that's cool. And like Cassie's like, drink the ooze, dad. And I'm like, why? I don't know what the ooze is. Like, this is so weird. And like, it, it puts me in a position where I guess the idea is like, as an audience member, I know what Scott knows, which is nothing. But mm-hmm. in in a, in a lot of ways, I know less than Scott knows because I didn't see them get separated. So I kind of feel like I know less than Scott, which makes me feel like I'm dumber than Scott. So when Scott is played for dumb, it makes me feel dumber. And like, this is a weird psychological thing where I'm like, I don't think you understand the, the impact you're screenplay is having on the audience you haven't thought about the audience here you haven't thought about what you've provided for us and instead we know nothing we know less than your characters and that puts us at a disadvantage then we go back and now like janet's flying on this little stingray guy right and like and i'm like where where are you? i don't understand anything that's like happening the teacher here from it, finding nemo Yeah. And it's so disjointed. Like one minute they're in a forest, then they're in a desert, then they're flying Mm -hmm. and it's like water things and we're going to a place, but I don't know where we're going because Janet won't tell me where we're going. And, and we go to this place and, and we're meeting these people, but I don't know who they are. I don't know why we're meeting them. I don't know what we're meeting about. I don't know what everybody's afraid of. And there again, I know significantly less than the characters in the screenplay. And you've put me at a disadvantage as a, as a, as an audience member to where I cannot connect to this because I I'm just watching things happen. Mm-hmm. I have no investment in any of it because I can't, because I don't know enough. And that's the problem. So That's a long-winded way of saying when you're writing a screenplay, you have to be cognizant of not only what you're providing the audience, but the way, the position you're putting the audience in. And this is a weird like meta thing to think about, but the audience has to have enough to latch on and to feel like they're a part of it and not just like a fly on the wall confusingly watching it all. And, and that's the position we're in, not an active participant, but instead as a disparate, uh, watcher of things. And, and that feels terrible and is no way to connect me to an audience, to, I mean, to, to the characters, um, because I know less than them and I don't, I don't know, I don't understand where we're going or what we're doing. And, and, and that, that's a problem. I want to talk about Kang because- mm-hmm. We've we've mentioned him a little bit briefly here and there uh, throughout this, but like so. First of all, Jonathan Majors, of course, is a great actor, and and he's great at what he does. Um, I'm I'm not 100 sold on what he does with Kang here, but some of that screenplay and not necessarily his performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think his performance is good, but it's about what you'd expect from a villain. It's like slow, deliberate speech patterns with long present pregnant pauses. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very villainous. It's, it's, it's kind of what you'd expect, but I have a couple questions and, and, and maybe you can help me with, with some of these. So first of all, 
he was banished by the Council of Kings, uh, right. exiled to the quantum realm. Um, I, I'm unclear on why. Do you do you have a solid grasp? Like, what was it he was doing that was so bad that the Council of Kings banished him? Do you do you remember? Yeah, I can't remember. Okay, so I'm I'm unclear on that. Like, yeah. like why he was banished? I do think this. Maybe it's a nitpick, but I do think it's a a weird thing that they banished him with the ship that's capable of getting out of mm-hmm. the quantum realm. <laughs> that's keep, like, that's just, like, just keep that with y'all. <laughs> it, it's a little bit like saying like, Hey dude, really evil dude. I'm going to, Hey Hitler, I'm going to dri- drive you out to the middle of nowhere. Uh, but I'm going to leave you this car, but I'm taking yeah. the keys, but yeah. I'm leaving you the car. Yeah. Don't, don't ever cause trouble again, man. Yep. Hope you learned your okay, lesson. Okay, well, like, so all I have to do is get keys or like hotwire the car and then I can go make trouble again? Yep, that's it. Okay. Don't well, why do not that, just though. not? But don't do it. Don't do it. So it's a little, maybe it's a nitpick, but it is a little bit weird that these like high intelligent people decided like, we're going to banish you to a place with the, and say, don't ever escape, but we're going to give you the means of escape. That's true. He should have, he should have built a machine there like over time. Like, yeah, at, they clearly have raw materials and funky atoms down there. Like with, with Janet's help, like yeah. you built the whole thing from yeah, scratch. That's what he's been not, doing. Not like, Hey, I have a ship. Okay, cool. Can so why me, don't you use it to get out? Can you help me fix my car? Yeah. That's all I need. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. It, it's a little weird. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. This Kang presumably dies at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it may be a, sep- a different Kang that we see in Kang Dynasty or whatever. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's the same guy. Maybe this guy is not dead. I don't know. I don't know. We all thought Darren was dead and he wasn't. Um, so who knows? But I'll say this. Um, this is a little bit of the same issue that I had with Endgame, which is, and I had very few issues with Endgame, but one of them was, it was a little bit less satisfying to destroy a Thanos that wasn't the same Thanos that had done all of this, right? That knows you, our characters. Yeah, you pulled the rug out from under us a little bit because it, it is Thanos, mm-hmm. but it isn't the Thanos, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, it's not the Thanos with experience. Yeah. Um, and so it's a little bit like this here. Okay, well, the next Kang is a Kang, yeah. but is it the Kang? He's it's never not, met Scott Lang. Right. It's not going to be the Kang. And if everyone, if all the other Kangs are afraid of this Kang, then presumably this was the worst Kang. Yeah. And he was beaten by Paul Rudd. And he was beaten by Paul Rudd. <laughs> so you're telling me that the next Kang, who's not as bad because he hasn't been exiled, mm-hmm. is more of a threat than this guy for a film that that presumably uh is bolstered by its the fact that it's introducing kang as this big overarching villain but then pulls the rug out from under you and says well it may not be the kang that's my thing we talk about his characterization like he's you know he's deliberate in his speech you know he has these random bursts of like anger like he's not completely a controlled person you know Mm -hmm. but then it's like there's no way to judge. It's almost, it's, it's kind of impressive on one hand, like, Oh, you're, we're going to give characterization to these different Kangs that we're going to encounter throughout the next couple of years, you know? Yeah. But then it's like, isn't that almost like, I'm not going to say it's easier as an actor, but like as an audience member, I, I want some consistency in the performance. If the next Kang is 
if they have different personality traits or we yeah. we have no barometer to measure whether this Kang talking like this, like with this larger, with the, with this tone of voice and this volume of speaking, like for this Kang to do that, that's like, oh, wow, he's angry. This Kang, that might just be normal for him. What yeah. is What is his yelling versus his normal talking? And so it's just really hard to look at this performance a and go, Oh, well that's a hell of a, I mean, obviously Jonathan majors is a good actor and like, and he's, he's putting on a good performance here. The problem I, I agree and I share with you is going forward. That's just hard to track. It's hard to track that he's keeping it consistent. It's hard to track what, what we should be reading emotionally. And, um, and then, yeah, story-wise, like you said, if this is the, if this is the big bad Kang and he's already toast, yeah. Then, or as Wikipedia says, pulled into oblivion. Yeah. Whatever that means. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's the, what's, what's the threat, you know? Now, exactly. In, I, I will say in Marvel's defense, I had a similar issue with Thanos. Mm-hmm. It's a different issue, but a similar issue, which is we kept seeing Thanos and people kept saying how bad he was. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, we never got to see that. Yeah. And then finally, when we did, they like rescued it and said like, oh yeah, no, he's a big deal. And we're like, oh, got it. Cool. Yeah. But for a long time, I felt like there's no way that Infinity War is going to be able to sell me on the fact that Thanos is a is a really bad dude because up to this point, we've only ever seen him sitting or turning around and smirking. Mm-hmm. Like that's all we've ever seen him doing. So uh, in, in Marvel's defense, they've done it before. They took right. a character that I said, look, there's no way this can be a, a satisfying big bad and did it. Right. So- Maybe they can do it again. I, I'm not going to put that past them, but I do think it's weird because, like I said, maybe maybe that's my own expectations. But I at least some I, I at least thought that Kang was going to survive this and not only survive it but win it. Yes. And when and and that him winning the day here set the the course for Kang Dynasty, where like because he had defeated Ant Man, because he had escaped the quantum realm, he would be this big thing. But whoever the next Kang is, isn't going to be because Scott did something or didn't do something. It'll just be like, because the council of Kings, I guess, sends another Kang to do the job that the other Kang couldn't do, but not really because the other Kang wasn't sent to do a job. The other Kang was sent to do nothing. So <laughs> like, it's weird. It is but weird. All they, all they say is like, well, now we know that like humans are capable of killing us and they're capable of like, dealing with the quantum realm. Okay, well, you probably should have known that a few years ago when we used it to literally time travel. And then, and I do, I feel like we do need to talk about the Council of Kangs because this is an idea that's not bad. It's not a bad idea to have a Council of Kangs, but unless the idea is that Kang Dynasty is like a true, like the Avengers versus 50 Jonathan Majorses. <laughs> Unless that's the idea, this is a little bit irrelevant. Right. Because um unless the idea is like every film is going to be a different Kang and then eventually we're gonna have to fight all the different Jonathan Majorses, I guess. I don't know. Um so I, I'm just confused. I'm almost more confused now than before because they could have just said the Council of Kangs existed. And we're all fairly benevolent and fairly fine. But this one guy, though, and then this is Kang the Conqueror that we're you know now going to be introduced to. And Kang the Conqueror is not going to be just destroying Avengers, but he's going to be destroying the Kang you know, Council of Kangs or whatever. Um, and, and this is like the real bad dude. 
So, but again, you just destroyed him. So I, I, I just don't know where this is going to go. And I have a hard time seeing the, the breadcrumbs. Um, I have seen a lot of people say that that Council of Kings kind of took the wind out of the sails a lot. Of this film. Lot, yeah, a lot more than the death of Kang. And I would agree. I think their their thought is like, it was goofy. I'm less concerned about it being goofy. I didn't really buck me uh, compared to like other goofy things in the film and other goofy things in other movies. What What bothered me is like, I just think that made it more convoluted. Like you're, you're going to have to either destroy all these Kangs and set up a really big bad one, or the Avengers are going to have to fight all these Kangs, but with a seemingly infinite number of Kangs, the only way to defeat a seemingly infinite number of Kangs is to use a seemingly infinite number of Avengers. Um, so Avengers from all over the multiverse, but 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 we've seen now twice the limit of the imagination which is in multiverse of madness there's nothing novel done with other alternate versions of these characters and even in this film there's a probability storm in which we're introduced to every possible version of of scott lang and they're all just exactly the same except one works at baskin robbins (laughs) yeah and i'm like with you you just said this is every possibility so where's like all the weird ones? Yeah. <laughs> and so like, if that's the only way to destroy an infinite number of Kangs is to have an infinite number of, you know, Riri Williamses. <laughs> well, if all, if all it is, is like, this one's got blue hair. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Oh, look out Kang. This one's got blue hair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like do something imagining, like like creative with it, like or or is it? Or, yeah, is it all just gonna be, you know, this is Doctor Strange, but he's British, and it's like, <laughs> oh, oh no, Governor, like he's gonna destroy the Kangs. Oh God, I'm like, going to destroy <laughs> you with my witticisms <laughs> and my sarcasm. Oh goodness, like, <laughs> oh bugger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got an umbrella here with me that I carry on such a day as today. My parasol. What? Anyway, I don't know. And also the Council of Kang, the limit of the imagination is this one's Egyptian. Right. This one's slightly Asian. This one's a robot. Okay, cool. Look out, world. We got an Egyptian one. <laughs> I don't know. It's just I'm sort of concerned with where it's going as well. There's two it's just too it's messy right now. Yeah. Um it's just that this was the opportunity for Kang to win. And I I expected to come out of this film to have much more of like a a, a respect for that character and a lot more yeah. of like a like a where like oh fear. okay, you know, there we go. Yeah. Um and it's not that I completely think that I've lost that. It's just like you're right. Like that, I, I do have a lot of issues with like, okay, well, which Kang, which Kang is this? Is this Kang coming back? Or then if he is, why do these other Kangs matter? Um, yeah. You know, other than they're part of the comics, you know, they're, they're talking about, um, there's a bunch of stuff on, on Wikipedia, these, these different pull quotes from the writer talking about what they wanted to do with Kang and how they wanted the performance to be um, informed. I have another article 
um, recently, this is from today. This is from February 28th mm. on Variety. It's about Jeff Loveness, the writer. Um, he was kind of surprised by the reviews of the movie. Mm. Like mm. he, he was like really affected by it. He was like, I just, he, he pretty much said like, I, he did not anticipate them to be that extreme. He said he was in a, he was, it was like, he was in a pretty low spot about it. Then he went to go see it with like an audience, like in a regular theater. They were responding to it. He felt better about it. He's like, okay, you know, I took a punch and that's cool and everything. Um, the movie has taken a sharp drop off the second weekend. Um, you know, which, Whatever, that depends on how you look at it. My reason I'm bringing this up is Jeff Loveness is writing one of the Avengers movies. He's writing the Kang Dynasty. Kang Dynasty, yeah. So one reason he wrote the script for this is that directly ties into their plans for Kang going forward. Yeah. So if a big, if, if you're, if you have, especially if you're in this section of the podcast, if you've watched this film and you have an issue with the writing in it, that doesn't bode well for where this no. is going because no. the same person is being entrusted with where this is going. So if you're sitting here like, I don't know where it's going. Yeah. I'm hoping that guy is like, Oh, go to more theaters. Jeff Levness. I hope you're listening to this podcast, you know, like, and, and I don't know what the thing is because like, if you're Kevin Feige and Marvel, do you just go, Hey, we're going to get a new writer for this. Mm -hmm. Like, do you react? I mean, you have to really, you have to really make sure that there's still a quality barometer within Marvel to go listen, yeah. like they're big, but then again, wouldn't you know there are issues with this script before you start filming? You should have, you should have, you should have. So, so, so what do you do? You know, you now they've got, they've got more insight than I do. They know right. where this is going and I don't. Right. So maybe, maybe Kang dynasty is like, maybe they're willing to, 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 I don't want to say suffer this film in, in, because it will bolster what's coming maybe that's the case i don't know and maybe like when jeff sat down with them and said like this is where it goes maybe they're all like in agreement like yes that is where it has to go and so we're going to give it to you because this was your idea and this is your baby and you do it and Mm -hmm. we're not gonna we're not gonna step in and maybe that's the case i don't know and part of maybe why it seems weird honestly is because maybe this character's introduction was shoved into an ant-man movie Or the Ant-Man movie was lazily constructed around the origin of this character. Something happened here that made this movie as underwritten in certain areas as it is, as seemingly like pop-up character arcs, like, hey, you're not doing enough, Paul Rudd. Like, has that been a flaw of his before? Why are we exploring this? You know, like, it comes out of nowhere. And you get the feeling that since the strongest thing about this movie is Jonathan Major's performance, you sort of get the feeling that that's like the big, the, the primary reason it exists. Well, th- this is a good, this is a good point. So if you look at infinity war and, a, and end game, which are the culmination of everything that had come prior, th- th- this was not viewed as a, uh, a culmination of Thanos. This was not viewed as Thanos's story. Mm-hmm. This was viewed through the lens of our heroes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you raised a good point, which is, um, it seems like this was constructed around the introduction of Kang as opposed to constructed around the further development of Scott Lang as a character. Um, and, and this is, this is a trap that a lot of superhero films have fallen prey to over the course of 
film history, which is we're more interested in the villain than in the hero. And and in the case of like Joe Schumacher, Joel Schumacher's Batman films, um, this this was a detriment, right? We don't care about Batman. All we need is the the villains, right? Even Tim Burton's a, a, a sort of falling for this, which is like Joker matters more than Batman, and Penguin matters more than Batman, and so the villain matters more. I don't think that was the approach taken with Infinity War and Endgame. There's so much of those films that rely on the characterization of the heroes. The villain stands in direct opposition to that, but this is not a story about the villain, although we get a good bit about the villain. So I hope that moving forward, this is an indication that we're spending more time on the villain and less on the heroes, because let's make no mistake, the heroes are why we're here. The heroes are the ones that we're following. They're our protagonists. They're the ones that we care about. They're the ones that we root for. So we need to make sure we have a solid grasp on what we're asking the audience to care for and and why. And and then the, the villain can stand in opposition. So don't ride around the villain. Ride around the heroes and say, where do our heroes need to be pushed and push them in that direction and let the villain do the villain's job, which is which is standing in opposition to the growth the character needs. Yeah. And in this case, it'll be many characters, but, but how does their growth, uh, how is their growth impeded by the existence of Kang and how does the, the defeat of Kang allow their growth to take place? Right. This was very clear that the, the, the defeat of Thanos was the culmination of Tony Stark's character. Yeah. That, that, that was it wasn't constructed around Thanos. It was constructed around Tony. Yeah. It was it, it was only ever about Tony. And and that's what made that work because it, it it was that culmination. And what is the problem with phase four and five as up to this point right. is we don't have a clear indication of these heroes. And in our to our knowledge, none of the Avengers we don't even know who the current roster is really, but none of the, none of the Avengers are a thing. Like they're not getting together and they're not fighting and they're not even doing like board meetings. Like they're they're not doing anything. So, so bringing, right. So bringing them all together for the next Avengers movie is going to feel really weird because theoretically we should have been having them pop up in each other's solo films up to this point with plenty of crossovers and plenty of, you know, indication of like, hey, we're yep. we're meeting on Tuesday. Are you going to be there? Like Hawkeye is going to be there. He's bringing the buffalo dip, right? <laughs> like we need to know that they're in each other's lives yeah. so that it becomes that culmination again. And that's where we understand that this is still a story about the heroes. This is still about the heroes. And instead, we're kind of in a weird way, like we talked about, systematically destroying the heroes to build up a new cast of characters who haven't met yet and constructing it around a villain who isn't the villain we just watched. And so it doesn't, there's no, there's still no clear roadmap to this and no clear indication of where in the story world all of this is. Um, So am I interested in future Marvel projects? Sure. But I'm certainly less interested than I ever have been. Yeah. I said on Letterboxd that if this is if Ant-Man Quantumania is any indication of where the franchise is going, I'm going to have to be out. Yeah. And I stand by that. But I but 
I, th- this can't be the straw that breaks the camel's back. The straw that breaks the camel's back is multiple films consistently making no impact on me whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so I'm not there yet, but I could be. And so the ball is in their court. They're going to have to reel me back in. And if Jeff Loveness is, is doing Kang Dynasty, he needs to retool. He needs to reconsider what the heroes mean and what their journey is and mm-hmm. how Kang stands in the way of their becoming better people and inspiring more people to be better people. And the defeat of Kang will, you know, prove to be that, that building block that they need. And, you know, we've got hopefully less going on to prove yeah. that, you know, we had a rush of films in 2021 in 2022 and TV shows and stuff. And so I'm, I'm hoping, I don't know if anyone over there ever talked about slowing down. I think yeah. that they may have recognized that there was too much. I think, I think, um, I think Bob Iger probably said they're making, they're going to be, you know, can not doing as many shows on Disney plus, but that was mainly for cost saving. Sure. But at least someone was saying we're going to peel back a little bit. Um, but for me, like, yeah, we've got two more films this year. We have guardians of the galaxy volume three and we have the Marvels and it's like, you know, we all have high hopes for guardians three. That's a, that's a big deal for a lot of reasons. And if that one falls flat, that's not good. And you know, if the Marvels falls flat, you're ending the year on a bad note. And you know, the only film I care about of the three that are coming out in 2024 is this new captain America film, which I don't even know anything about. Um, but I'm not really attached to the Thunderbolts or blade at this point, especially if blade is going to close out a phase. Yeah. Kind of finale is that. So it's just like, well, you you gotta, you know, or or as we've said before, it starts out like, I don't know, that's something, maybe I'll watch it. And then you see a trailer and you realize, Oh, they're pulling in these six or seven other characters. We do know who are now a part of the show. Right. Well, and, and that, and that's, that's a point because like, so phase four was the, the only phase without an Avengers film. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, that was felt like, I, I feel like there was no Avengers film in mm-hmm. and, and all the other film, all the other phases at least felt like there was some sort of culmination or some sort of tur- turning point. Yeah. Right. Like uh, obviously the Avengers ending phase one was that culmination of all those standalone films and blah, blah, blah. But, but moving forward, there was always that like culmination of like phase two. I, I can't remember what ended phase two, but it, it was age of Ultron, but it was Ant-Man. Was it Ant-Man? Okay. Yeah. So Ant-Man wasn't a culmination, but, but age of Ultron was, it was yeah. a turning point that would lead directly into civil war, which was the next big turning point. Yes. Um, and so like there were plenty of those moments phase four, I felt like was treading water and there was no turning point and no. this didn't feel like a turning point either. So there's no culmination. There's no turning point. There's nothing that's bringing anything together. And so what I really wanted out of this film was like, you know, some moment where, like you said, he gets a message out to the other Avengers, right? Like, like bring that to me. This shouldn't have ended with him having a birthday party with Cassie. It should have ended with him going to the Avengers and you've got all of them. You've got everybody that's still left. You've got Bruce, you've got Hawkeye and, and Kate, you have like, everybody's there, right? Um, Thor's there with his daughter and, and and like all of phase four, like all of those people were there. Right. And he's going to them and saying, guys, 
Kang is coming. Like, I think I slowed him down, but, but I, I think he's coming. Like, I think he's yeah. coming back. I, I, I feel like he's dead, but I, I don't think he's dead. Right. Yeah. Like have him go to them and, and have that moment. Like, you know, uh, Carol's there, like everybody's there. Right. Yeah. And then, then this feels like a culmination, although yeah. it still would have a lot of problems, but at least, at least it would feel like, right. You know, oh, okay. Like, yeah, now everybody knows everybody's on the same page, but yeah, there's still none, none of that. Like I still don't like, does Bruce Banner know? I don't know. <laughs> Bruce Banner may have died in She-Hulk. I don't know. But like, <laughs> does Bruce Banner know that like Kang's coming? No. So Ant-Man's got to do his job. Right. No, yeah. I agree. I, they're, 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 my big problem is that like things for something called a multiverse saga, it really doesn't feel very multiversal except for a couple films where that's part yeah. of the plot, but there's nothing multiversal about Thor 11 Thunder. There's nothing multiversal no. about Black Panther Wakanda forever, you know? Yeah. And, and for there to be a, this much lack of integration again, other than a couple of things like, you know, some stingers, which don't really count in terms of right. effort um, right. or investment. But like, yeah. there's not a, my big problems with the phases so far. And that's partially due to COVID is there's too much yeah. and it doesn't connect very well or at yeah. all. Yeah. I have no concept of what takes place first and that's fucking getting on my nerves. Yeah. Um, because I, I want to know what year is it? What has happened yeah. yet? Um, yeah. what comes before what? And if they're yeah. in a weird order, why are they being aired in a weird order? Like at this yeah. point you have total control over, you know, again, yep. COVID may have yep. messed with release sure. dates and whatever. Sure. Um, but it's like, this isn't connecting enough yeah. and, and there's too much. And yeah. in my opinion, we need to start killing people. Yeah. We need to start killing people. It shouldn't become yeah. so predictable. Like, you know, Oh, in the next Captain America movie, I bet you they'll kill Sam Wilson because you know, right. Connor's in charge of the MCU now and he likes yeah. to kill all the heroes. He's, he's the yeah. Emma Thompson character from stranger than fiction. But yeah, yeah. for me, it's like, I, I, I need to see some stakes being delivered on. Yep. I need the villain yep. to feel dangerous. I need our main characters who are, have been here a while to cycle out if it makes yep. sense. Yep. And I just need, just uh, just uh, to harp on the deaths again like even just killing michelle pfeiffer and michael douglas would have at least forced paul rudd's character to grow into hank pym's role as yes. the guy who makes all this work yeah or yep. for hope to do that yeah instead of just keeping and maintaining yep. the dynamic yep. between these characters for multiple yep. films right you know right. have cassie become the wasp like something yep. you know it's yep. the same for it, it's this. I mean, it's, 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 it's the same for any, any, any character. Like it would have been the same yes. for any of these characters who are in a group. Like eventually someone dies and someone has to take over their function in the stories. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's just the way it works. And, and, and then the, the characters who remain cope with that death and they move on. And that's how you teach kids. Not only is death a part of life, not only is death um, for or the right cause, I don't want to say heroic, noble or to be sought after, but like meaningful, but you also yeah. teach them that there is a way to move on from loss. And yes. here's how yes. these characters who you, who become your new favorites, they yeah. are dealing with the loss of this character. You now also right. miss. Right. And those are things I want from these and I'm not getting it so far. Well, and, and, and think about like Scarlet Witch, right? Mm -hmm. Presumably dead at this point. Um, we don't know, right. but the, the thing is maybe she's not, and maybe she'll come back and whatever, but isn't it a little bit weird that like, presumably they'll never mention that yeah. like none of the characters will ever react about to her, her death. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like we're never going to get a scene where Sam Wilson's like, oh dude, she died. Like, whoa, like this yeah. sucks. Like there's not going to be any of that. We worked there's together no for like five for years. It. Yeah. Like yeah, there's, there's no time for it, but you have to like, I don't know. It's a whole nother discussion, but if this is a TV series and you have like your ensemble cast, mm-hmm. but they never get to react, they never get to interact and they never get to react to each other until like the season finale. And then you bring them all together. That's, that's too little too late. Right. Like I want to see like and that was the beauty of the first few se- the f- first few phases is like I feel like I got a good bit of like, you know, Tony interacting with Cap, even in a non Avengers movie to feel like they knew each other and like they did things together until until the bottom fell out in Civil War and whatever. And like the, these people were friends. Right. Like you get Age of Ultron's not a great movie, but you at least get the moment where they're all like hanging out and like, you know, drinking and like who can lift Thor's hammer. Like that's a dumb moment, but at least it shows that they're kind of like a team, like friends. <clears throat> yeah. You know, and like there's none of that here. So having a moment where where Scott gets to interact with everybody, Shang-Chi's there and, you know, like everybody's there. Not only would it tie together phase four as like having been building to something, but also it would solidify the the Avengers roster and it would feel like, oh, these characters all get to interact and like, you know, something. I don't know. And and maybe you'd have a moment where not in this film, but eventually where Strange gets to say like, yeah, you know, that after the death of Wanda, whatever. And everyone's like, yeah, I was really sorry to hear about, you know, that and whatever. And, you know, who knows? Like, Anyway, whatever. It's a whole nother thing. I I, th- I think that what what was good about the first saga was that you wanted the characters to make it to Infinity War because that was a big thing. It was a big deal yeah, yeah, to see yeah. them all together. And yeah. what you you know, and you build to that, and you don't spoil, you don't mix them too early, too often. And yeah. <clears throat> the thing is now with this new saga, mixing them is not like the revolutionary part. And of course, presumably a lot of them have met because of, because of the, the infinity saga. So what you do is you yep. mix them right away. You have them show up in each yep. other's movies, period. Yep. And people go, yep. Oh, you can't maintain that. You're right. Cause we're going to start killing them. And then yep. you have that. What defines the multiverse saga as loss and yeah. stuff like that. Instead of just, we're going to hold on to these characters and get them into 2025 yep. for a big yep. team up film. It's, yep. Nope, we're gonna we're gonna thin the herd a little bit. Yeah, um, but well, but the, that, their their deaths will mean something. Correct. They're they're turning point deaths. Yes. And and I mean, you use the Lord of the Rings as an example, right? The Lord of the Rings has a big ensemble cast, not as big as the MCU, but big. Yeah. And 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 even then, Tolkien knew. Hey, um, I'm not going to be able to do justice to it if they're all together all the time, but I'm right. going to have to kill some of them. Yeah. And also, and I can bring one of them back if I want to, whatever. But also, I'm going to have to kill Boromir, but I'm also going to have to separate them, yeah. like forcefully separate them. Yeah. So what you do is you start thinning the herd, but you also say, okay, well, instead of Shang-Chi being a Shang-Chi only movie, mm-hmm. Shang-Chi is going to very early in the film meet with Doctor Strange and yep. it's going to be the two of them. Yeah. Right. And they're going to be going on a mission. And and so every future strange and Shang-Chi movie is going to be them together. Right. And that's maybe that's a little bit whatever. But but you almost have to like forcefully separate them. I, I think of like Justice League Unlimited, which had a huge cast. But in any given episode, it wasn't like there was OK. And every episode it has to have Batman. There were a lot of episodes. Batman wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. So what you had to do is you said, OK, well, 
I don't know who who can we pick out of the toy box today? Okay, well it's Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, uh, John Jones, and uh, and Booster Gold. Well, what was Booster Gold done? I don't know. We're going to introduce him here, you know. And so like, boom, there you go. You just pick characters out of the toy box and send them on a mission together, and and that becomes the thing. So gone are the days where like a solo film is truly solo. You have to integrate all of that in 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 a better way and so anyway to me to circle back to quantumania it another problem with it is that it didn't integrate with anything it felt like a solo thing but not even within its own world because some of the big characters like uh louise um michael pena's character is just completely gone not in here and and it's like well that was a fundamental character in this trilogy and he's just gone and not even mentioned. Yeah. Um, and and that's that's a bummer. It sucks because, you know, whatever. Like he was in, integral to that world. And so he's just gone. And, you know, whatever. But but all that to say, like it it, it didn't function well enough as a standalone film, and it didn't function well enough as a not standalone film. Amidst all of its problems and amidst all of its things, there's a million ways you could have said you could have saved it even in its current state but the biggest way to save it was just to start over you you didn't have to do this and and if you didn't have to put him in the quantum realm at all yeah you you could have just said kang's on earth now we've got a we've got a problem and and put it all on scott's shoulders and he's like trying to get a hold of the avengers but the avengers have been disbanded right like that's the that's the story is like he's in earth he's on earth and and there's nobody to help me because the avengers are scattered to the four winds and we we, we're not a team anymore um after that we weren't prepared for another big cataclysmic thing we're all all over the place yeah and then scott's like i guess i have to handle this and he has to handle it and you don't even have to do the quantum realm at all but I digress. You, you you could have done a lot of things. An overhaul would have been best. But yeah. Anyway, eh, I don't know. Whatever. It's it's tough. I mean, it's I'm sure it's, it's a big balancing act. But like, they've done it better before. You know, like there's a way it can work, and they're not doing it. I, I wouldn't want to be in Feige's shoes right now because he, he, at the end of Endgame, there's no clear way forward do you integrate everything do you Mm -hmm. try to separate it again and then reintegrate it the way that we did the first time i don't know yeah i i wouldn't have wanted to have to make that call um but i don't think they made the right call yeah um i but but i don't know that i would have chosen something different had i been in their shoes i think you can only learn that through hindsight so now that you have the hindsight start correcting start course correcting this is a big franchise there's no reason I'm sorry, but there's no reason for there to be an Ant-Man standalone film anymore. There's no, just not. There's not. There's just not. You, you have too big of a cast of characters, too big of a universe for these characters not to interact with each other. I agree. There's no excuse. I totally agree. And I kind of so, hope that we're seeing the end of that. I mean, after yeah. Guardians, I mean, we've got the Marvels, we got Captain America, I got Thunderbolts, Blade, Deadpool 3, Fantastic Four, and then the two Avengers films currently on the yeah. slate. Yeah. And I expect I expect uh, maximum integration. And, and Spider-Man 4. Uh, there, I don't know if you mentioned that. Anyway, whatever. I did uh, not. Is okay. there, give me a Spider-Man 4. Yeah, they said they're they're writing it right now. The story's done. Oh, with um, Tom Holland? 
Yeah. Yep. So, so there's all of that. And then, and then that doesn't even include the TV stuff. Right. Which, you know, like echo echoes happening, um, daredevil, right? Like these things. And so you, you need that, you need that integration. Loki, Loki season two is happening. Like you need that integration. Go and get it, man. Like you, you have the world at your fingertips, like do it. Um, you know, now that presumably M'Baku is, is Black Panther or is at least the king King, of Wakanda, um, bring them in. Like there's no reason to not, you know, you just, you gotta build on it. it. We shouldn't be seeing Black Panther next in Black Panther three. We should be seeing Black Panther again now, right now. Yeah. Talk you to have some ac- people. You have access. Like you, you, you've built this huge universe. Do it. And you don't even need, I mean, just to have these actors on retainer, like not even on retainer, but like even just like loosely, just, yeah, just do what you did with Nick Fury. Sign them to nine picture deals, offer them like a, f- a flat fee for it and be yep. like, hey, some of these commitments, they'll take you like a couple weeks on set. You don't have to change your look that much. Just don't make yeah. it too crazy or we'll, we'll put you in a wig or something like, yeah. you know, don't look like you're way out of shape or anything, but like, yeah. you're just going to come in and like do a couple of scenes. Like it's yeah. not going to, you know, be that yep. big of a deal. Just yep. show up, you yep. know, it's yep. not that when hard. We need you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. And sometimes it might be three lines and sometimes it might be, you know, yeah. half the runtime, you know, but, yeah. but whatever, like that, that's it. The fact that Tony Stark was like a main character in a Captain America film. Yes. I mean, not to mention all the other characters in that movie, but like yeah, that yeah, just yeah. felt cool. It's like, oh, wow, that's weird. Iron yes. Man's like in a Captain America movie. That's, that's yeah. kind of strange, you know? Yep. We had reached a point by phase three where the character, like the cast of characters they had established, the the main ones, Cap, Iron Man, Black Widow, Hawkeye, uh, Hawkeye, Thor, like these characters not only could pop up anywhere, but they did a lot. And obviously Thor is not in Civil War, but like all the everybody else is and like they could pop up anywhere at any time there there's really no reason for them not to be doing that right now agree and 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 yeah it sucks that they're just not yeah like they're not making use of this vast amount of work they've already put in and i and again i i honestly i hope for their sake and for mine as an audience member that that was just that was covid like we're going to act and I have unnecessary like cameos, cameos because, and stuff yeah, because it's not, sure. it's, it's an unnecessary risk or whatever, sure. but like still it's like, well, you're still. making the film to begin with. Like clearly yeah. it's safe enough to make movies. Right. Why well, can't Brie Larson be here for the thing? You know, fa- phase four is done. I, I'll give phase four at least the grace of like, okay, you can't have as many cameos because of that. Okay. I got it. Mm-hmm. Fine. But it's still, it's over. We're in this post COVID world. Yep. You got, you got to do it. Time's up. Like (laughs) now, now is the opportunity to start your tone for phase five Yeah, and, and, and say like, this is what to expect. And I, all that I have to expect is botched solo films and more emphasis on villain than hero. And that sucks. Yeah. Well, on that note. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well hopefully it's good look in, in in about two months guardians 3 comes out and i do expect i expect to get what i want on that front i expect I we'll see some loss and i expect we'll see some actual 
Right. And and story. part of that is because I know this is this story idea is something that James has been kicking around since the beginning. And so yes. presumably it's remained largely unchanged. Like he knew what was going to happen to Gamora in Endgame and Infinity War. So that was part of what the he plan. had planned for, right. presumably. Um, so, you know, presumably w- the story we'll see predates the problems of phase four. Right. Um, so hopefully it's fine. And, and, and bear in mind, like if there's not a lot, I know I just spent a half hour harping on integration, but Guardians of the Galaxy takes place so far away cosmically. Yeah. It does make some sense that there's not much integration sure. there. Um, but that's why this should be the end of that. Yeah. Like that brand of storytelling should wrap up with Guardians 3 and mm-hmm. then everything should be all integrated after that. Yeah. But I expect but, the Marvels to do a better job of it, which I mean, they, they have Ms. Marvel in the film. So we're already right. getting characters. Mixing. And Monica Rambo from, from Wanda. So it's, but I, you know, I, I expect even more than that. We don't even know who, the, who the villain is in that movie. And, and you, and you got to do more than, well, we'll put Darcy and Jimmy Woo in it. No. Okay. That doesn't count. <laughs> no. That doesn't I want, count. I want like, I want, I want platinum vision to show up in it or something. I want, I want stuff. I mean, it, otherwise, it, why am I watching at this point? Why am I watching if it's going to be mediocre? What What's the point of a of a cinematic universe if they only integrate one movie every decade? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the point? Yeah, no, you're right. They have something novel here. If you're going to do it, which is the it. ability to bring in characters from any property at any time into anything, yeah. they need to be using that. Yeah. I agree. Just my two cents. Do better. Do do better, Senator. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Hopefully. Cheers. Uh, we'll see you. We'll see you back for Guardians 3. Yeah. And before that as well with other movies. With other movies, if non-Marvel listening, related. If you're listening to this uh, when the episode comes out, the next thing we're talking about is a very different movie called Tar. So stay yes. tuned for that. Yeah. We. And there's a lot of movies coming out in March. So we got we got Creed three, we got Shazam mm-hmm. two, mm-hmm. got John Wick four. Yep. So so we got we got some stuff happening. Buckle up. Buckle up. Or I should go. Click. Yep. Click. Click, click or ticket. Click.